Welcome, welcome, friends, to BibleTruthProject.com. This is Matt Weaver. It has been way too long since I've done an episode, and I dearly apologize for that. I know I keep saying almost in every episode that I need to somehow um, hurry up and, and you know, that I'm going to be doing more more podcasts and things like that. And I've done a horrible job of that, and I apologize for that. There have been several reasons for that. Uh, I have switched roles as in jobs. I'm also more active in church. Uh, they've asked me to be in rotation to do some preaching. And uh, that has created, obviously, a lot of extra work for me. And it's hard to take the time to actually do podcasts. So hopefully I can do some more yet this fall. However, it is good to uh, finally continue this. It's been uh, probably most of the summer. Uh, I, I did have one new development. That is, I actually was working on at home in the basement, a office uh, for myself. Never had an office for myself. And I actually have an office now. So I'm recording this. This is the first podcast in my own office in the basement. Hopefully in the future, I can also do some video uh, things, definitely in conjunction with my website. So I can walk you through geography. I can walk you through site information and locations and things like that, that I've kind of neglected the last two years, simply because uh, I am so busy and I just don't have time to to apply myself to uh, these endeavors. And I, I really love this. I really love um, doing this type of stuff. And it kind of allows me to get some of my thoughts out there. And, and you'll discover with me as I learn different truths and different aspects and different things uh, that I encounter as, as, you know, in my journey of faith and journey of life for that matter. And uh, hopefully this is beneficial for you and you get something out of it. So I, I want to welcome you to the High Holy Days. We are in the middle of Sukkot right now in the Jewish calendar and I uh, thought I'd do an episode on the issue of Sukkot. We actually have a, I'm actually part of a forum and there's different church leaders and members and stuff that gather together once a month and we just talk about Israel and, and what our responsibility is and what can we learn. And we we come from different backgrounds and different ideas and different, um, different you know, understandings of things. And so it's very beneficial, I believe, to, to, to do this and I really enjoy it. But we actually, in this last session that we had, we actually discussed this whole issue of Sukkot. And so I thought I would just speak some of the stuff that we learned, some of the stuff that, uh, of course, I understand from from uh, the biblical perspective that I would understand and just present it and, and, and see what you guys think. We have, uh, we're entered into what is called the High Holy Days. We, we've entered, uh, we, it started, I should say, with Yom Torah, which is the Feast of Trumpets. It happens shortly thereafter. You have Rosh Hashanah, which is the New Year, would be the next day. And uh, this is actually on the modern Jewish calendar. It wasn't on the ancient. The ancient, uh, the biblical calendar, actually, the New Year was just before Passover. But they've changed it uh, for various reasons, etc. But more importantly, right after Rosh Hashanah, you have Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, and then it culminates, the fall feast culminate in uh, Sukkot, which is a week-long seven-day festival that God commanded uh, that his people do forever. And this is one of the festivals that we read that will be done once Messiah returns. Now, there's a lot of different ideas uh, as far as traditions and things like that surrounding the festival. But what I understand of Sukkot is, is, is fundamentally this. It began at Mount Sinai when God was giving them the Torah. 
uh, they were living in tents. And this festival was a festival of tents or tabernacles to basically remind Israel of that time, of that moment. But it was also a prophetic uh, feast. So looking forward, you will see this pattern emerge around tabernacles, just as you do the other feasts, just as the Passover, you know, it starts as deliverance from Egypt, and then it becomes uh, the moment when uh, Yeshua comes back and gives himself as a Passover lamb and fulfills that which is written. Same with Shavuot, the law is given at Sinai, and in the New Covenant, he pours out his spirit on all flesh, or as we would say that Messiah writes in us through the Holy Spirit his Torah or his instructions, and Torah just means instructions. So there's Moses' instructions, there's Messiah's instructions, and Yeshua uh, writes in us through the Holy Spirit these instructions. And that's the way I would understand it. So this is a covenantal gift, a covenantal blessing, uh, and a change uh, in contrast, although it works seamlessly with what was. And the same thing goes with tabernacles. Tabernacles started uh, in, the, in the wilderness to remind the people of where they came from and what this was all about. Now, Feast of Trumpets is easy enough to figure out that it's obviously speaking of the return of Jesus, of return of the And if we look at that just briefly, you basically, in Revelation, you can hear the, the imagery of the great trumpet, the last trump sounds, and Yeshua comes back with the saints, and he establishes his kingdom. As I would understand it, he, fo- he brings to fullness the kingdom. And it's a reality. It's heaven meets earth, and and we dwell on earth in in this um, this setting. I guess you would say for for a period of time. Revelation would indicate that's a thousand years um, on earth, and then after that, the final blow is dealt to the enemy, and then we are we are judged at the great white throne judgment, which is the final judgment, and then it is on to the new heavens, new earth, and we become the habitation of God in the new Jerusalem. Now, I don't know how that all plays out, but that's my current understanding, and it definitely has changed as I have studied more, as I have grown and sought the Lord for more insight and wisdom. I definitely have shifted from a, it's all here now, to I see the Bible speaking of of yes, a down payment, a portion, a ceiling, a um, entrance into the kingdom has been made, and it is our job to 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 reap this harvest, if you will, of souls and in gather these souls into the kingdom, and then we shed these bodies, and we are given our glorified ones. And in that is where this new covenant is fulfilled, where we are totally free from the sinful uh, flesh and the instruction is within us. And we will never fight that that in the same way as we do now. That's kind of kind of, I guess, what I would understand in this whole thing. God gave us. Um, through his blood, he established this new covenant. He, he writes this in with the Holy Spirit, but now it's just a down payment. Uh, Paul even speaks about it's a deposit. It's a down payment of the Spirit. But once we're in our glorified bodies, it's the fullness of it. We'll enjoy this full fellowship, again, restored to God, him walking with us just as he did in the Garden of Eden. So that's that's kind of where I'm coming from with that. Now, that that kind of comes to the next like the next part of the fall feast and that is the Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the day of atonement. In the day of atonement there was obviously sacrificing, it was a day of fasting. This is when the sins of the of the people um 
were were brought before God, and then the covenant was renewed every year by the priest going into the tabernacle or the temple, sprinkling the blood offering of the goats uh, that he had laid his hands on the outside. The one goat is led out into the wilderness, and the other goat the other goat's blood is shed and sprinkled on the mercy seat. And uh, they would wait for a period of time, and as that goat went out, there was a scarlet thread dipped into the blood that would then turn white as a symbol that God had washed away their sins. That scarlet thread stopped turning white shortly after the death of Yeshua in ancient Israel, especially obviously after the 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 temple was destroyed. Um, That atonement sacrifice has ceased to be done. So we could make the case that the people are out of covenant with him simply because there's no temple. And it's interesting to me that you cannot actually keep the covenant if you don't have a temple. There has to be a temple and ritual around it to to truly be in covenant. Now, I realize that this actually kind of opens a Pandora's box of sorts because you're going to be dealing with Old Testament, New Testament, those sorts of things. And that's a whole different discussion. We've had other discussions on it. But I think it's just an important note to understand that to to walk in covenant with God any way you look at it is through the atonement that is made, through the blood that is shed, and Jesus being the Passover lamb shed his blood forever and is that atonement forever for us. And that is the purpose that we don't need a physical temple in the way that we once did as covenant peoples. I don't, I don't believe that as believers, we've replaced the Jewish people in their calling, in their lineage, and in their, in their inheritance. I just believe that the new covenant opens the door for people of faith, uh, people outside, Gentiles, I should say, who believe in the Jewish Messiah to be brought and grafted into the root, which I believe is the faith of Abraham, obviously points to Jesus, but is that faith of Abraham, the faith in the one true God. And um, we know the only way to the Father is through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life. Everything that the Torah wrote uh, or spoke about, everything that Moses spoke about, everything that the uh, prophets spoke of was Yeshua, was Jesus. He is the fulfillment of that. And and with that, it is the most Jewish and natural thing to believe in the Messiah. Uh, But God has blinded them for a season, a portion of them, not all of them, but a portion of them until the fullness of the Gentiles has come, as Romans speaks of. Now, we're going to see some prophetic shifts taking place once we see the fulfillment taking place. Now, Jesus, I believe, was born on tabernacles. We don't have necessarily straightforward biblical evidence that this was the case. But the way I would understand it is is, is uh, based on, on the different sectors and things like that, as he was actually born during tabernacles. So this time of the year, most likely... Uh, to be the time which Jesus was born. He would have been conceived approximately the end of December, uh, perhaps in the time of Hanukkah when the light of the world was was conceived. And the Jewish people believe that life begins at conception. So you could technically say if we celebrate that the light was made known or became came to us in that time frame. So Christmas, it's in the time frame, although Christmas comes from more of a, more of a different background. But that's a different discussion again. Now that we basically kind of created that backdrop, you know, what does this mean for us today? What is this going forward and how is this fulfilled? Today, basically, people 
will build sukkahs. Uh, they will build these tabernacles, and they'll their family will gather in these every evening and during the day, and they'll celebrate and they enjoy the goodness of the Lord. They'll enjoy time with friends and family, and it's it's one of the it's the only feast that God commanded them to rejoice. So this was a unconditional um, festival which you needed to rejoice. And to be happy and to be glad. And I think it points forward to the day when we're, we're reunited with Messiah. We're reunited with him and we'll remember um, how God tabernacled with us at Sinai. And he tabernacled with us when he came as Yeshua. And he tabernacles in our hearts. And then he will tabernacle with us again um, in person. And we will be his people and he will be our God. And I think this is the fulfillment of Sukkot. This is what it means. And interestingly enough, this is one of the feasts that God said will be forever. This will be practiced in uh, in perpetuity. It's forever. And I, I know that for some people they think, well, these are Jewish feasts. We don't need to keep them as Gentiles. I don't know that Gentiles are called to keep the feasts uh, in the same way as Jewish people are. Although if you want to, the Bible does say not to judge somebody in holy days, the keeping of holy days or not, whether they keep Sabbath or not. That is not something for us to judge each other in, We we but we will stand before God and he will judge us. So if it's in your heart to do, God wants you to do it, great. If not, great. We do know that the new covenant is a better covenant, better promises, but we also know that when in Messiah's kingdom, these things will be reinstituted. And um, for those of you who want to write me off as just saying, oh, Messiah's kingdom, I fully believe that his kingdom is here in the sense that we have spiritual access. But I I believe based upon the prophecies, based upon the written word, is if you really read it and study it, you will find there's so many references to a physical time of of healing, restoration. Peter mentions the restoration of all things. There's going to be this time when the earth is restored to the the point of which uh, it was in Eden. And humanity will live in that richness and fullness and then ultimately be tested again as the enemy is let loose after a thousand years, is what Revelation says, uh, to again draw men's hearts away from God as a final test. And basically, this is then the imagery after that is, is where we get Armageddon, this great conflict between good and evil. It's the final battle. It's the last straw. And after that, God closes the books on human history as we know it, as we live in it, and we move into the next page, which is we are the temple of God. We are to be that dwelling place in the new Jerusalem. And I, I don't know what that looks like then from there on, but obviously God is, uh, he has existed for eternity and we don't know where we fit into that picture. And um, it's going to be exciting to see what's ahead. So again, Recap, Feast of Sukkot, uh, we are in that presently. It is a high holy day. God said that it will be done forever. It will be a reminder for humanity that for all of time, we will look back at these markers, the feasts of the Lord, as the defining um, points in history by which God uh, put in place to give us a pattern of of what he is doing prophetically, what he had fulfilled prophetically, and what his purposes were. And uh, I think it's a beautiful picture. So until next time, God bless. And I, I hope God blesses you with shalom, peace, and take care. <laughs>